Guys, it's Joe Wolverton, the teacher of liberty, back again with another installment of Why Didn't They Teach Me That? That's not really what this is called. Oh, it's uh, this episode of Teacher of Liberty brought to you by, by nobody but me. And that's why I'm poor. All right, just get on with it. All right, so I go crazy, like crazier. Every time I hear someone say, the United States is a republic, or they'll say, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. And I know that's a popular thing to say. I know it's a very commonly held belief among people, but it's also wrong. Wrong. We are not a republic, right? We are not a, no, we're not a republic. How do you know that? Because I don't drink downstream. That's why. I go to the source of stuff when I want to know about that thing. So don't drink downstream and you'll find out with it. Come along this journey as we go upstream. First, let's define the word republic because we're a republic. No, we're not. But republic, Latin word, res publica, meaning the business of the people, things pertaining to the people. In English, the word commonwealth is the same thing as republic, okay? Republic, commonwealth, same word. The people's stuff belonging or pertaining to the people. Now, just as an aside, okay, I have to do, I have to. And I'll do an entire other episode about this, I promise you. But please, pretty please, with sugar on top and then a little cherry on top of that, and then a little whipped cream. Can we please stop saying that the United States is a nation? Can we please just stop saying that? Because just like we're not a republic, we're also not a nation. Even the guys at the Constitutional Convention who wanted a stronger, much stronger central government. I'm looking at you, Alexander Hamilton. I'm looking down at you because <laughs> you're short and I'm tall. Even him. They went out of their way to assure the people of the state that they were not creating a nation out of the 13 states. They, these people that were in favor of the Constitution, and even people like Hamilton that were just drooling the dream of a stronger central government, these guys went out of their way to assure the people that they were not sitting there in Philadelphia creating a nation. Let us begin by looking at what, hold on, the door, the doorbell just rang. Yes? Oh, why, hello, sir. You, you of course, of course you can come in. Of course. Everybody look. It's President James Madison. Why, hello, everybody. I'm President James Madison. President Madison, stop, your head's moving way too much. Calm down. It's just me. I, I know you're fangirling, but it's a thing. It's cool. Jimmy, can I call you Jimmy? So let's read. Can we read something you wrote? 
Yeah, let's go ahead and do that, Joey. All right. So now these guys were guaranteeing, were going out of their way to promise we're not creating a nation in the Constitution. So let's look at Federalist number 39. Get your handy dandy Federalist papers and look at number 39, would you? And it reads, now I put it on the screen so I wouldn't accidentally hit the mic, which I already did. So you can see why I do that. Federalist 39, for those of you scoring at home, look, he's, he's like, yeah, go ahead and read my stuff, Joey. <laughs> You're so nice. Look at him. He's so nice. He's like, yeah, he can go ahead and read what I wrote. Joey, don't touch my ponytail. My ponytail is not to be, not to be touched. Sorry. Federalist 39, regarding that the United States is not, emphasize not, one nation. Here we go. The Constitution is to be founded on the assent and ratification of the people of America, given by deputies elected for that special purpose. And on the other, this assent and ratification is to be given by the people, not, not as individuals composing one nation, but as composing the distinct and independent states to which they respectively belong. It is to be the assent and ratification of the several states derived from the supreme authority in each state, the authority of the people themselves. The act, therefore, of establishing this constitution will not be a national but a federal act. That it will be a federal and not a national act forming so many independent states and not forming one nation, it is obvious from this single consideration that it is to result neither from the decision of a majority of the people of the Union nor from that of the majority of the states. It must result from the unanimous assent of the several states that are parties to it. Now, did you hear well, little Jimmy, respectfully, sir. You can call me little Jimmy. I don't mind. Like your book. Carrying a book. It's my commonplace book, Joey. That is so good. You've got really nice blue eyes, Jimmy. Did you hear what he just wrote in Federalist 39? This is not... And I'm telling you, go read it. He all caps some stuff in there to emphasize. This Constitution is a union of independent states, not a nation. This is not creating, right? This is not them forming one nation. They are forming a federal union of independent states. He goes on in 39, and I didn't put the quote in here, but he goes on in 39 and says, and if they do join the union under the Constitution, they'll be doing so as independent sovereign republics, not as some part of a nation. Now, beyond Federalist 39, I have another little, little something to share with you regarding that we're not a nation. I dare you to find the word nation in the Constitution. I'll, I'll go ahead and spoil it for you. It appears twice, both times talking about foreign countries 
and not a single and not ever referring to the United States as a nation. Not once. Now do that same search for the word republic. I'm going to have a beverage for a second while you search. Mm. How many times does the word republic appear in the Constitution? Not a single time. Not once. Not once. The word nation twice, never referring to the United States. The word republic, not at all. Ah, but Joey, you're being a sophist. You're being pedantic because it does say, because if you typed in your Google machine, republic, it's going to come back with a hit and you're going to be like, hi, got him. But you don't got me because it says a Republican. So Article 4, Section 4. Pull out your handy-dandy pocket constitution and read Article 4, Section 4. Don't mind if I do. Don't mind if I don't. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government. Article 4, Section 4. The United States shall guarantee to every state in the union not to the Union, Mm -mm. to every state in the Union, a Republican form of government, right? So it's guaranteeing that each state just, they just want to, Federalist 39, they just want to make sure you guys understand. You join the Union, you remain a Republic. But guys, you know for yourselves now that they explicitly, specifically said, we are not turning the independent sovereign states into one nation. This is not the act of creating a nation. These are individual independent sovereign states joining a union. The United States nowhere in the Constitution is called a republic. The word republic only appears as part of the word republican when it says that the United States shall guarantee to every state a republican form of government. Now, I want you to go, and we're not going to do it now because I don't have, I don't do the, 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 you know, what do they call it? Production, like, watch my screen. It's going to pop up or whatever, a green screen. I don't have that. But I want you to go to the National Archives website, the official government transcript of the constant now do you know what i'm saying like those of you who've been there who was that we went there one time and someone got in trouble for like because you're not supposed to have a camera and someone busted out a like took a picture i can't remember who that was but that was an awesome move by the way but anyway you're telling them to be law breaking no i'm not i'm saying it was a cool moment to be a part of all right anywho the national they okay They created the website, the National Archives. The actual parchment of the Constitution is there, right? So they could go, do-do-do-do. They could walk over there and see what it says. I want you to go to the National Archives website, transcript of the Constitution. And I want you to look to the top there and see what it uses as the title for the, the document It's transcribing. It says, the Constitution 
of the United States of America. Now, look down. You're there at the National Archives. Just listen to me. Don't watch me for a second. Just look at the website. Okay. Yes, it does say the Constitution of the United States of America. Okay. Drop your eyes down a, f- a couple of inches and you get to the preamble. The preamble, shall we read it together? We, the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. For, not of. They could have looked down. This is a document. It's really cool. We have it here. Constitution of. No, it says Constitution for. Now, you may think that's petty, but that isn't petty, guys. There is a huge difference between being of something and being for something. This is a Constitution for the United States. For the benefit of them. This is not something that was some pre-existing union that produced this document. These sovereign independent states described by Madison in Federalist 39. They created this document, the Constitution, creating a government, a constitution for themselves. For ourselves and for our posterity. Not of. Mm-mm. No. Because that gets, and you think, you start thinking, okay, well, the United States, cre- this entity, this nation called the United States, wrote a constitution for itself. That this, this was of the United States. There was this pre-existing nation, and out of it came this constitution. No. No. There were 13 independent sovereign states who got together to form a union to benefit them. And it's a constitution for those states that created it. Now I want you to do another thing. They, do you understand? They could have looked down at the, at the National Archives. They could have just looked down. Why? They could have just looked down and seen that it says the constitution for the United States, not of. I hope you grasp that difference. Use a dictionary if you need to, but there's a big difference. Why did they do it? Why the Constitution of and not the Constitution for, like it says in the actual document? Things that make you go, hmm, why would they do that? Hmm. Now, I want you to do another little something for me. Do you have a pocket constitution? Go get it. I'll wait. No, I won't wait because it's a, it's a bloody video. See what I mean? It's a video. You can you don't need me to wait for you. You can pause me. No, I wasn't paused. So I have a couple of copies here. I wasn't... Pa- yeah. No, I can't do it. I'm, I have a couple... 
Go get your pocket constitution. By now, the wackiness I've been getting up to already, you, you're like, I got it 10 minutes ago when you asked us to, Joey. All right. I have a couple of versions that were just like lying around. Seriously. These are the kind of like give away when I go to give speeches and stuff. This one, the constitution of the United States. Wrong. They literally could have flipped over and been like, doodly do, it's the constitution. Oh, four. Can you, can you change? I mean, I know it's already, but can you just like delete and then copy and paste from over here where it says four? Could you? No, we already got it printed, man. I mean, you know. Yeah, right, but it's wrong. Oh, man, it's already printed. Just let it go. Ain't nobody gonna care. Well, guess who also did it? The Constitution of, of the United States. They also could have been like, do, 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 Constitution for the United States. Uh, oh, well, y'all don't want us to correct it, do you? That's cool. Why? Why do they, they could have turned one page. Why? Guys, it's a big difference of the United States as if this pre-existing nation, right? That, fr that, that of this country, out of this country came their, con no, 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 no. It was for the United States. Think of it this way. If you give me present, let's say you give me a bunch of wood and hammer and nails and stuff. That's for me. You're giving it for me, right? Whatever I create with it will be of me. You have no, right? That If I build a little birdhouse, you didn't give me a birdhouse, right? You gave stuff for me. The birdhouse is of me. I did. The United States didn't exist until those independent states voted to join the Union. That makes the, con the Union and the Constitution that created that Union, that makes it for the United States, not of the United States. And I guarantee you, if you have a pocket constitution you need to co that says the Constitution for on the cover instead of of, you need to put it in the comments because I want to buy that, those people's pocket constitution because everyone I have, and I have a couple more, they all say Constitution of when they could simply turn right over to the preamble, the Constitution for the United States. But Joey, not you, Mr. Matt. Sorry, did I hit your ponytail again? I, I didn't mean to, sir. It was an act of negligence, thoughtlessness. It's all right, Joey. Just don't let it happen again. And I can just hear you saying to me, but Joey, ever since I was little, ever so little, four or five years old, I have been, I put my little hand on my heart and I recited my allegiance to the flag of one nation and to the republic for which it stands. Why? Why did they do that to me, Joey? Well, I think it's because that creates something in your head. And that's going to be the episode that I do about the One Nation. Because this is still going to be about Republic. 
But I think the reason that we all, like if I went and asked a hundred of my neighbors, you know, are we, is the United States a nation? They would say yes. Is it a republic? Most of them would say yes. Some of them would know, but most of them would say yes. So is it one nation? All 100 of my neighbors, I pretty much assume, would say yes. Even though we know now from the document itself, from Federalist 39, it is not one nation. And it is not one republic. Although there is a banned one republic. It's too late to apologize. You can just look, but people, this is what I think. Thucydides, who wrote the history of the Peloponnesian War, this is how he explained it. The history of the Peloponnesian War, Thucydides. He said that the way most men deal with traditions, even traditions of their own country, is to accept them as they were first taught to them without applying any critical test whatsoever. That is Book 1, Chapter 20, Section 1 of Thucydides' History of the Peloponnesian War. Whatever you're first taught, that's what you're going to believe. You don't apply a test to it. You're a little boy, one nation, uh, to the republic for which you're, that's what you're going to, you taught it every year. Do you remember the, the Richard Price thing from, was that last week or last episode? The Richard Price thing where he's like, they will be taught errors, and then every year they'll spend hardening those errors in their head. Well, you now know it's an error. We are not one nation. We are not one republic. We are a union of independent republics. Article 4, Section 4 does not say the United States shall be a republic. Nope. The United States shall guarantee to every state in the union a republican form of of government. If it isn't clear to you now that we are not one nation and not a republic, if it's not clear now, it will never be clear to you. Some of you can feel right now what's happening to me. If you don't know me by now, you will never, never, never know me. I, there, there might never, no, just keep going. Now let's talk about this guarantee. Sorry, it just, it really does just jump on a brother. Hmm. I need a beverage. You can have a beverage. Whenever I have a beverage, that's a sign for you to have a beverage. Today, today's beverage is brought to you by the signing of the Constitution. Hmm. Works 60% of the time, every time. Now, this guarantee. Article 4, Section 4, let's talk about it. Let's talk about guarantees. Let's talk about you and me. Article 4, Section 4 guarantees. Article 4, Section 4 of what? The Constitution of the United States? No, 4. The Constitution for the United States in Article 4, Section 4 guarantees to every state in the Union a Republican form of government. But Joey, yes, we know that. You've said it 30 times. We know it's res publica. But what does it mean? What does, sorry, what does it mean? What is a Republican form of government? What does that mean? Let's go to, do you mind if we read some of your stuff? 
Well, I don't mind at all, Mr. Wolverton. You just call me Joey. Well, that's not how we do things in the 1700s, Mr. Wolverton. So I've been calling you Little Jimmy. Yeah, I don't want you to do that anymore either. All right, let's read what Mr. Hamil- Hamilton. Oh, my gosh. Yes, calm down. Don't, don't, nope, no duels. Duels are illegal now, sir. Let's read what Mr. Madison, how he defined a republic, because we know Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution for the United States says, we guarantee to every state in the Union a Republican form of government. We know raise public, but what does it mean to have a Republican form of government? Federalist number 10, Mr. Madison writes, a republic is which, by which I mean a government in which the scheme of representation takes place. A republic equals a government where the laws are made by a small group of people elected by all the people. People want to be out pursuing their happiness. They don't want to have to make decisions on every law. They elect people to represent them, right? They elect people to go and represent them. I'm not going to go. We're going to get people. And so a republic, says Mr. Madison in Federalist Number 10, is a government in which the scheme of representation takes place. It is a government where the people rule, but they do so through elected representatives. Guys, it is not an exaggeration to say representation is the foundation of being a republic. That is what it means. Without real representation, you do not have a republican form of government. And if you do not, in your state, have real representation, therefore you don't have a republican form of government, then Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution is being violated. Having a government, a Republican form of government where the people rule through elected representatives is the only thing, do you realize this, the only time the word guarantee is used in the Constitution is in this context, that we, in Article 4, Section 4, the United States guarantees a Republican form of government to the states. It is literally the only thing, no matter all the other important things in the Constitution, they used that word guarantee only once, and it was to guarantee that the states would continue to be republics. Federalist 10, what is a republic? A government where the scheme of representation takes place, where the people rule through elected representatives. Real representation. If there is no real representation, there is no Republican form of government. And if there isn't, then I don't know what we're going to do about Article 4, Section 4. All right, I get very excited, animated because it's important, guys. It's the only time. Do you realize the Constitution the only time it uses that word? Guarantee. The only time it uses anything to do with republic is... We guarantee the states will remain republics if they join the union. 
Republic, Federalist 10. Know it like you wrote it, guys. A government which the scheme of representation takes place. You've got to be represented. And I know what you're thinking. Thanks a lot, Joey. We get it. You've said it. Makes sense. Fine. Thanks. But what exactly is repres real representation? You keep saying that phrase. What does that mean? Okay. At the Constitutional Convention of 1787, they argued among themselves, the delegates there, there were 55, usually about 30 people on average that showed up. Can you imagine? That's like your job is like I've been selected by my state to represent us at the Constitutional Convention, see about forming a new union, a new government and stuff. And, and you don't go? Like what do you call in? <laughs> hey, yeah, I don't know why I, uh, I've been throwing up and headache. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, can't. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll be better by Monday. By the way, Mr. Madison was present every day. He actually showed up on the day it was supposed to start. He was the only one. We're going to do a whole episode on you, my man. You deserve it. So at the convention of 1787 in Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent all of my days. No, I didn't. That's None of that's true. But 1787 at the Constitutional Convention, they argued about this concept of what is real representation because they said we republic since, you know, 20 you know, 3,000 years ago, they were saying a republic is the best form of government. Sorry, 2,000 years ago. The republic is the best form of government. And so we have to make sure that the states maintain, you know, they remain republics. So what is, and that's representation. So how many people can one guy represent and have that be real representation that qualifies as republican form of government? Now, they argued about this. There was 30,000 was put, you know, some people said 30,000. One guy can effectively represent, really represent 30,000 people. 30,000 people can be represented by one guy. That, that seems to qualify as real Republican form of government, real representation. 40,000, 35. Numbers, they, they were throwing out these numbers. They range from 30,000 to 40,000. Now, on July 6th, which is weird because that was like yesterday to me. On July 6th, Benjamin Franklin, well, the, all the delegates approved a motion made by Benjamin Franklin, which now that I think about it, is really remarkable considering how old he was that he could make any sort of motion at all. Like, that's really funny. Benjamin Franklin made a motion. He said, uh, sorry, I all due respect to Mr. Franklin. He made a motion and all the delegates approved it. And he said the motion that he made and that they all approved was 40,000. That's what we're going to set the number at, 40,000. One, one guy can represent no more than 40,000. That gets accepted. They go on almost at the end of the convention and right near the finish line, they're like, you know what? Let's, uh, let's take that up again. And so long story short, we end up with 
Article 1, Section 2, which says the number of representatives in the House of Representatives shall not exceed one for every 30,000 inhabitants. Now, that isn't a ratio, is it? Benjamin Franklin's was a ratio. One representative, one guy can really faithfully represent no more than 40,000. Now, in the Constitution, right near the end, when they finalized the language, what they said was, the number of representatives in the House of Representatives shall not exceed one for every 30,000. Now, that's not exactly a ratio, but what it does is it represents, again, that they're looking at this 30,000, 35, 40, that in there, that's real representation, okay? That would qualify as real representation of the kind that would qualify as a republic, as a republican form of government, right? That one man could represent 30,000 people and really represent them, right? Really represent, you know, the desires of those 30,000. He could know them well enough, know 30,000. He could faithfully represent 30,000 people, and that would qualify. Even 40,000, because they originally voted that. So they were, you know, 30,000 to 40,000. But the Constitution, Article 1, Section 2 says 30,000. Not exceed, the House of Representatives shall not exceed one rep for every 30,000. All right. Why? Because then that would be real representation. That would be a republic. Each state would then be a republic like they already were and like they wanted to continue to be. Sorry, I need another beverage. Mm. So let's do some math. I know, but whatever. Let's just do some math. So in 2022, there were in the United States 255,457,000 voting age people. Now, I know it says inhabitants, but we're just making it easy and realistic, right? So the number of people that were voting age eligible in the United States in 2022, 255,457,000. Now divide that number by 40,000, right? Because Benjamin Franklin's number was 40,000. The number they agreed on originally that one guy could not faithfully represent more than 40,000. So we're going to see what that is. 255,457,000 divided by 40,000 equals right at 6,387. That's right. If Benjamin Franklin's original proposal that was agreed on and then changed, that in order to qualify as a republic, you couldn't have more than 40,000 people represented by one guy, then today there would be 6,387 members of the House of Representatives. Now, let's use the 30,000 that's actually in the Constitution. Now, you 
already should know. Some of you are like, I can do the math in my head. I, I can barely do it in a calculator. I honestly have to like, let me make sure this is right. So take the 255,457,000 voting age Americans in 2022, divide that by 30,000, and you get just over 8,515. So under the limit, I just shake my head. I hope you see where this is going. Under the limits set out in our very Constitution for the United States, the limit set there in the Constitution is one guy can faithfully represent, can really be a representative for 30,000 people. If Benjamin Franklin's number was used, we'd have over 6,000 members of the House of Representatives. If the actual constitutional number were used, we would have over 8,500 members of the House of Representatives. Do you know how many members of the House of Representatives there are today? You know how many? 435. That is over 8,000 fewer than the number put in Article 1, Section 2. Now, I don't care if you did common core math like some of y'all. You still, even you understand that a difference of 8,000 representatives is significant. Right, Because what does it all matter? Well, it matters because we were tr guaranteeing the only time that word was used in the Constitution that if you join the Union, you will remain a republic. Guaranteed. Article 4, Section 4. What is a republic? Federalist 10. And they all knew it, but it's written there just, you know, so you have an easy definition. Federalist number 10 says a republic is where you have representation, right? The people rule through elected representatives. Okay, so if you're setting 30,000 at the number, then we need to have over 8,000 members of the House of Representatives. And we only have 435? So now the question should be, Joey, why are there only 435 members of the House of Representatives? That is a whole lot fewer than the Founding Fathers said would qualify as real representation, sufficient to qualify as a Republican form of government. Why, Joey? Why 435? Why, why, why so few? I'll tell you why. In 1911, and then again in 1929, confirming it, law was passed by Congress setting the limit on the number of members of the House of Representatives at 435. Now, that's it. They passed a law saying that there, is there are not going to be any more than 435 members of the House of Representatives. Is it a magic number? No, three is a, is a magic number. Three is a magic number. 435. There was even a congressman at the time who made an argument. He's like, why 435? Why not 500? Why not 1,000? Why not 20? 
What makes 435 so special? Guess what answer he got? He didn't get one. Now, let's think about two very disturbing facts, shall we? In 1911, we were about six years from entering World War I. In 1929, we were 10 years from the start of World War II. Now, if I were selling bombs and guns and planes and bullets and other weapons and such, and I knew there were wars brewing, and I knew that I was going to get super rich if the United States joined those wars, would I want there to be a large number of representatives as called for in the Constitution? So 8,000 and change? Or would I want there to be a small number of representatives? Which would be easier to convince to declare war, which is required that Congress do? Would it be easier to convince payoff a majority of 8,000 congressmen or a majority of 435 congressmen? Things that make you go, hmm. That's all fine and good. But the, the, the critical, the Constitution, look, put that to one side, but look. It just, the numbers always seem, you know, when was the Federal Reserve? Oh, really? World War One? Weird. Weird how they completely ignored the Constitution again and there was war that's weird just 435 boom stuck but just set aside the connection with the wars and the money to be made by convincing buying off a majority of 435 versus convincing a majority of 8,000 set that aside right It would still matter that there are only 435 members of Congress because the question, the only relevant constitutionally critical question is, uh, do the states then, if there are only 435 representatives, do the people of the states then... Do they have the Republican form of government that's guaranteed to them in the Constitution? Take that number, 255,457,000, divide it by 435, and you find out that today, instead of one representative, representative representing 30,000, or even 40,000, Ben Franklin's number, but 30,000 is the constitutional number. Instead of each representative representing 30,000 people, each representative represents about 587,000 people. Today, the ratio isn't 40,000 people per representative. It's not 30,000 people per representative. It's 587,000 
per representative. So I ask you, and look at this, all we got is the sources, Federalist, Constitution, well, we read Thucydides because we just believe what we're first taught. But I ask you now, knowing what you know about the Founding Fathers and how, what they believed about how many people one man could faithfully represent in order to still have that government qualify as a Republican form of government, do you think they would say that one representative for every 587,000 people is a Republican form of government? That, what do you think? In this, your opinion is the same as mine. We know you can go to the records of the convention. They bounced around numbers, 30,000 to 40,000. There is no way, in my opinion, that men who thought 40,000 tops would qualify as real representation, real Republican form of government, an actual republic, there's no way those same people would think that 587,000 people represented by one man would qualify as a republic. Well, swell. What does that mean? That means that Article 4, Section 4 is being violated constantly, guys. And nobody says anything about it. This is the issue with our Constitution, you see. Read the Constitution for, not of, the United States. We're not, read the Federalist Papers that you love to grab little gobbets from. We are not a nation. We are not a republic. A Republican form of government is guaranteed, the only time that word is used in the Constitution, that every state, if you join the Union, you will remain a republic. What's a republic? A government where the people rule through elected representatives. How many people can one representative represent and still be considered a republic? 30, 40,000, not 530,000. Real representation is the very definition of a republic article 4 section 4 guarantees to every state in the union a republican form of government that it will remain a republic if the people of the states don't have a republican form of government then the Constitution is being violated. And why is there not a single member of Congress saying, we need to repeal this law? But now there's one lingering question. If the people aren't being really represented, do we have government by consent? of the governed? If not, then what kind of government do we even have? I'm going to give the last word on why this is such an important issue. 
to Mr. Madison himself. In Federalist 57, and you guys, please read all these things that I've mentioned. Please, for yourself, read them so you can have this conviction because we need this kind of conviction to defend our liberty. So this is James Madison, Federalist 57, on why it's important that we actually have real representation, that each state really be a republic. He writes, The House of Representatives can make no law which will not have its full operation on themselves and their friends, as well as on the great mass of society. This has always been deemed one of the strongest bonds by which human policy can connect the rulers and the people together. It creates between them that communion of interests and sympathy of sentiments of which few governments have furnished examples. But without this, Without this real representation, every government degenerates into tyranny. See you next time, guys. Thank you.